together. Um, if today is your first day uh, here joining us for worship, a special welcome to you all. Uh, to the rest of us, I just want to remind you that our worship time has been kicked up five minutes, and so uh, it's not 11.35 we're gathering, but 11.30, uh, just so uh, you could get here on time and early, but just a reminder, because I know we're such creatures of habit, so it's hard to uh, remember, but welcome. It's so great to worship with you all. We were supposed to have our congregational meeting today, but uh, the budget's just not ready yet. We just need a little bit more time with it, and so we're going to delay it until the end of the month. But today, after service, as you know, or many of you know, uh, Crestkill, their high school and middle school, um, they were badly damaged, that building uh, by Hurricane Ida. And so actually, we're going to be providing our building for Crestkill High School and Middle School to come and to have school in our building starting this month. And so, uh, I mean, for us, it's such a great blessing to be able to use our building to bless the school. The, the superintendent and the administration is just so grateful and thankful um, that we're going give to give it to them at cost. I mean, we just want um, it to be a blessing unto them. Uh, and so we're going to be doing that starting this month. But there are some questions and some um, things that maybe you want answers to. And so after church today, after our service, we're going to be having a Zoom informational session. And you could find the link in the YouTube uh, for this worship. And we're going to be answering some questions, presenting uh, how this is all going to work uh, for us to be a blessing. And so um, if you have questions and you'd like to know, please join us. Otherwise, please pray for um, us as we try to be a blessing to Crestkill and to the already they've been saying the word I've been hearing again and again uh, from them is, is the word speechless. Uh, the, the superintendent just say we are speechless. We never thought that someone would be this kind um, to us. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity for us to be a blessing and not ask for anything in return, but to sacrifice and just give and to show them that the gospel makes a difference in people's lives, that we're not like everybody else, but we're able to bless. And so please pray for us. Uh, it's a complicated process, and if you have questions, please join us uh, for our info session afterwards. And so with that, we'll go into the Word of God. Um, and if you weren't here last week, uh, we started a brand new series in, in the book of Jeremiah, and we're going to be continuing in, in chapter 1 today. And so if you have your Bibles with you, and I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church and uh, in Jeremiah 1, we're going to start at verse 4, and we're going to slowly read um, these 15, 16 verses uh, in the first chapter. And so this is what the word of the Lord says, the call to Jeremiah. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations." And then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? I said, I see an almond branch. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? 
I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. And the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I'm calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord. And they shall come, and every one shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all around, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them for all their evil in forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worship the work of their own hands. But you dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. This is the word of the Lord. Um, As we go further into the Jeremiah series, uh, one of the things that we talked about at the head of this year is that this year we want to see spiritual growth, real change in us, right? All of us who are in Christ, we want to see that happen. We don't want to be the same Christian that we were last year, and we don't want to have the same relationship with God that we had last year. We do want to be different this year. But before we are able to actually start in that, there's something that we have to talk about. And the thing that we have to talk about together to actually address that is doubt. Doubt. The fact that we doubt that God can actually do something in us and actually make us to be a different person this year. All of us carry that doubt. And we have to talk about that today before we can actually move forward in pursuing change. You know, they say that um, the way that you control an elephant, I might have told you this before, and I'm not sure if it's 100% true, but it's a great illustration. Um, The way that you're supposed to control an elephant is that you get an elephant when it's a baby. And when the elephant is a baby, you tie a rope to the baby's neck and then you drive a stake into the ground. And when that elephant, as a baby, tries to run away or get that stake out of the ground and move the rope, it can't because it's too small and too frail. It's too weak. But this is the largest land animal on the face of our planet. And this little baby elephant is going to grow up to be the strongest of all land mammals on planet Earth. But along the way, it's not going to try to pull that stake out of the ground anymore because it's been psychologically trained that it can't do it. There's that mental block for them. And that's why if you go to the circus or the zoo, sometimes you'll see a big elephant with its like leg or neck tied on a piece of rope and you're wondering... What's that little rope going to do? But it's been trained since it was a little baby that it's not going to work. You see, we all are like that elephant in one way or another when we think about spiritual growth and change. We all have this thing in our head that says, it's not going to work. I know myself, and this year is not going to be any different than the Januaries that I've seen again and again and again the past 30 years. That's what we need to talk about, brothers and sisters, because that's what we see in Jeremiah. And today, we're going to look at Jeremiah's call, and we're going to see exactly how God speaks to that doubt that's in our hearts, too. Can you pray with me before we do this? Father, we are just like that elephant, and today, I know 
a lot of my brothers and sisters are sitting here thinking the same thing. I pray, O God, that your spirit would come and confront us today with the word of God that speaks to this doubt that's in our mind that this year is going to be any different because we've lived all the way till now seeing the same results. Father, give us faith today. Let your spirit break the chains in our hearts and minds today to see who we really are in Christ. I trust you to speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we look at this passage, last time we spoke about kind of the wider context of Jeremiah, and we looked at Jeremiah, the book, kind of from 10,000 feet, but today I just want to land and look at Jeremiah and his heart, kind of a close-up of Jeremiah today. Jeremiah is called to ministry really young. Uh, best we could tell, he's anywhere between 16 to 20 years old. He's essentially a teenager when he's called to be a prophet of Judah here in our passage today. And you got to understand what that means. I mean, I got called to be um, a pastor pretty young too. And that the insecurity that kind of hits, right, your heart when you're called to be holy, when you're called to be a leader, this is serious stuff. And that's what Jeremiah is dealing with here today. But let's look at exactly what God has called him to do in verse 5. This is the call here. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Consecrated you. And that's what he's saying. Not only is he calling Jeremiah to be a prophet, but he's calling Jeremiah to be different than everybody else that he knows. He's saying, I'm going to consecrate you. Now, that's a big word that just basically means set apart. I'm going to take something sacred and put it in a sacred place. I'm not going to make you like everybody else, but I'm actually going to make you holy. That's what it means to be consecrated. And this week, we're about to hit consecration week at Mosaic, where we come to pray together. And that's the heart of that word. It's to be set apart. Let's set aside this week, one week out of the year, one hour a day. Let's set it apart so that we can be set apart in the Lord. And that's the calling that comes down to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I am consecrating you. I'm setting you apart from everybody that you know so that you will be holy. And brothers and sisters, as we start this new year, that's the call that comes to us too. This year, the Lord calls us to be holy. And that much you can be assured of. A lot of times we're wondering, oh, I wonder what's the will of God on my life this year. God, what is your will for me this year? I'll tell you. His will for you is that you be holy and that you be set apart for him. That's the holy identity that he's calling you to in 2022. And yet when the calling hits Jeremiah, he refuses. And what we see in verse 6 is Jeremiah pushing up against this. Read verse 6 with me. He says, and then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak. I'm only, I'm only a youth. Jeremiah very reasonably says, I'm too young for this, or I'm not ready for this, or not yet. Lord, not yet. I'm not saying that I can't, but not yet. I'm not ready. I'm but a youth. I'm not ready for this calling. Not now. And for every person that is called to holiness to be set apart here at Mosaic, you, and in the Bible, oftentimes what you find is all of us have an excuse. This is Jeremiah's excuse, but we all have this thing, and you could count on this, that every single person that's in these seats, we all have a sense in our hearts that it can happen to everybody else except me. And we all have unique reasons for that. 
Paul, he thought it couldn't be him because of his past. Moses, he thought it couldn't be him because he couldn't speak. Abraham thought it couldn't be him because he was too old. Jeremiah thinks it can't be him because he's too young. We all have something, right, in our hearts that says, I know that other people can be holy, but I know me, I know myself, and I know I can't be holy. Does anybody resonate with that? That's Jeremiah in this call. He says, I can't. And he has his thing, but we all have our own thing that keeps us, the mental block, the rope on the elephant that tells us, I know me, God, and because I know me, it's not going to work. You see, if we're going to really pursue change in 2022, and pursue spiritual growth, maturity, holiness, then we have to talk about this. Because it's kind of the unspoken thing underneath why we don't pursue holiness, because we've already decided that we're defeated before we start. And we say, I've done this before, I know it's not going to work, this rope isn't going to come out of the ground, so I'm just going to go to church, and I'm just going to listen to sermons, and I'm just going to sing the songs, but I'm not really going to try because it's not going to work for me. I don't know what your excuse is, but everyone's got one. Everyone's got a Red Sea in front of them that tells them it's not going to work. We all have doubts, right? Or is it just me? I think we all have doubts. And if it's not doubt, then like Jeremiah, it's delay. It's delay that says, okay, maybe one day I'll pursue being holy, but not right now. You know, I've been around Mosaic long enough to know that Mosaic has actually, many people in our congregation has a genuine heart to know God. And I think that that's one of the things that makes our congregation unique and special. That's why I love serving here. Because I think that there is a real genuine heart to know God. And I thank God for that. At the same time, I think that at the same time, there are other things that Mosaic often we want that take priority over being holy. There are things that we're like thorny soil a lot of times. There are other things that kind of weigh on our hearts. And these things take priority over our pursuit of holiness. And that's why oftentimes I feel from our church members is, yes, Pastor Dave, I do want to know God. I do want to pursue. I want to be different, but I have to do these other things first. Let me just raise my kids first. Let me get married first. Let me get financially stable first. I have to spend my time doing these things first, and then I can add on holiness. I really do want holiness, but it has to be added on to these other things that I have to take care of. And I think that oftentimes that's our heart here. I don't question the genuineness of your pursuit of God, but I do wonder if it's crowded out by other priorities that come first. And because they come first, you never actually get to a real pursuit of holiness. It's just like St. Augustine, and some of you read St. Augustine's Confessions in school. But you remember St. Augustine, he liked to chase women. Before St. Augustine was St. Augustine, he, he was kind of a, a playboy, and he liked to sleep around, and he liked to chase after women. And so he had a prayer to God that was very honest, and maybe you can relate to it. St. Augustine's prayer was, God, make me chase, or pure. God, make me chase, but not yet. Isn't that super honest? Does anybody relate to that? Not yet. 
God says, Jeremiah, I have consecrated you. I have appointed you over nations. And Jeremiah says, but not ready, God. I'm but a youth. I'm not there yet. One day I'll get there, but not yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm just a youth. Let me raise my kids first. Let me just get through this COVID thing. Let me bury my father. My brothers and sisters, today that's what the Lord wants to confront in your lives. I told you Jeremiah is a book of confrontation. Today he confronts your doubt, the elephant with the rope, and also your delay. Not yet. Why not yet? The Lord wants to confront you. And the way that he confronts you is by saying to you, I know you think you know yourself really well, but I want to tell you that I know you better. Jeremiah, um, he says to God, I'm not ready, and I know me, and because I know me, it won't work, God. And this is God's answer to Jeremiah. Let's read verse 4 and 5 together. This is how God speaks to Jeremiah. He says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. Do you see what God's saying here? He's saying, if you think you're too young now, (laughs) I consecrated you and I chose you before you were even born. Before you were even in your mother's womb, this calling was upon you to be holy. This is not something new. If you don't think you're ready now, I put this calling on you before you even had a mouth, I called you to speak my truth. Before your mouth was formed in the embryo, I called you to this. Before your heart was formed in your mother's womb, I called you to love me. Before you even had a brain fully formed, I called you to meditate on my word. Before you even had breath in your lung, I called you to live your life for me. What do you mean you're not ready now? This calling has always been upon you. This is, Jeremiah, who you are. You see, when Jeremiah says, God, you don't know me, I know me, I can't grow. I'm not spiritually holy. I'm not like those people. I know me. And God says, no, Jeremiah, I know you. I know you even before you were formed. And this is who you truly are. And you're going to have to decide today, brothers and sisters, who you're going to believe. Are you going to believe your own feelings and doubts that you just can't do this? Or are you going to believe the Lord who says, I can? Who are you going to believe today? Whose words have greater weight? Him knowing you or you knowing you? If we don't understand that, we're not even going to be able to start this year in spiritual growth because it's going to be in the back of our minds annoying us. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You've tried this before. How many Bible reading plans did you start and you quit? How many times did you try to be a leader in your family? How many times did you try to reach out to non-believers and you just quit? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. This is, I think, where the battleground of faith is going to take place this year. This is the first place we need to fight is in this doubt, this fight for faith together. In Ephesians 1, 4-5, this is not just a call to Jeremiah, but this is a call to all of us, and we need to hear this. In Ephesians 1, 4-5, he talks about us, and, and Paul says, as he chose us, oh, so it's not just Jeremiah, 
No, it's us. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. That's your call. That's your call. Before your mouth was formed in your mommy's womb, he called you to be holy. Before your brain was formed in your mother's womb, he called you to love him. This is who you are, brothers and sisters. And we need to claim that we are children of God this year. That's a confidence that you need to have because God said so. Because he said so. You know, sometimes we think that when we go before God and we say, God, I can't, I'm too small, I'm not able to, we think that that's humility, right? Sometimes we think that that's kind of the right way to be, kind of a little bit timid, a little bit shy. It's a safe way to be in church, right? But actually, oftentimes that could be the most arrogant thing we can do, is to go before God and say, I, you can't, I can't, I, you know, I just can't, I don't believe it, I can't. It's not always humility, but it's often arrogance, fear, and unbelief. You see, when Moses was called by God to be his man, to be the man who was holy and the leader of his people, Moses went before the burning bush and he said, you got the wrong guy. I mean, I can't speak. I mean, you should have called Aaron. He speaks really well. I mean, I can't. I can't do it. I'm just not, you know, you're, you just have the wrong person, you know. I'm just really humble. And did God say, you know what? That's humility. That's why you got to be the guy, right? Because you don't want to be the guy. That's why you have to be the guy. That's often what you hear in movies, right? That's why it has to be you because you don't want to, right? That's not true. Oftentimes, it's just straight up arrogance. This God say to Moses, oh, you're so humble. No, when Moses says, oh, you got the wrong guy, I can't do it, what does God say? He says, who made man's mouth? How dare you disagree with me? Challenge me. Who made your mouth? Who is your creator and your redeemer, your caller? Don't come to me saying that you can't. I can I can. My brothers and sisters, it's not humility to not take your claim as the child of God and to grow. It's arrogance. It's unbelief. God says, I know who you are. You're not the broken, sinful person that you believe is your true identity. I chose you before you were born. I redeemed you. I called you. This is who you really are. Are you going to believe me? Or not. I think that's the first battleground this year as we pursue spiritual change. Who are you? Who are you? And who do you believe? Do you believe God when He says, I tell you who you are? Or are you going to say to God, No, I know me. I, it's not going to work. That's your battle, my brothers and sisters, this year as we begin to hear the word of God, and to receive his identity that he's given to you. You know, for me, I think that that was one of the biggest things that released me in faith. You know, I didn't grow up a really good Christian. and didn't grow up in the church. And I sometimes feel like there's this like black and white thing with my past and with my present. And sometimes that makes me insecure. 
You see, all of our sermons are on YouTube. (laughs) And I have this whole group of people in my life who know me as a non-Christian. My friends back in Philly, my, my friends that I grew up with, and sometimes I wonder if they'll watch one of our sermons and they'll think, man, what's Dave doing up there? Acting like a Christian, acting like a church person, like preaching, like who does he think he is? <laughs> you know, Like I, we know Dave. Come on, that's not you. I don't know if you guys ever get a little bit timid about that, but I do. And sometimes I wonder if people in my past think I'm a hypocrite or I'm a fake, you know? And sometimes I think about, you know, that, that myself. And so I, I struggle with this, and so I know what this is like. And um, I think the moment of release for me was when I finally just decided, you know what? Like, I'm not going to hedge my spirituality because I'm afraid. I'm not going to hedge and pull back and regulate my spirituality because I'm afraid of what people think. Or I'm afraid I'm going to fail because I've failed so many times. Like, I'm, not, I'm just not going to hedge, you know. And some of you are a little bit afraid of that too. Even here at worship, aren't you a little bit afraid that people are going to be wondering, like, what's going on with her? What's going on with him? I really know who she is. I know who he really is. Like, who do they think? Like, some sort of, they're some sort of saint now? Like that kind of thing, it's like it's a spiritual battle in our hearts. And for me, when I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to believe God and just go with it. I'm just going to believe that he's going to cover me and I'm just going to believe that, okay, this is who I am. I'm not pretending to be a Christian. I am a child of God and I'm just going to be released to grow. And if I fail, he'll catch me and I'm not going to be afraid to just run. I'm not going to be afraid to just worship. I'm not going to be afraid to just speak and just trust this is who I am. Right? I'm not old Dave trying to be a Christian. This is me. I think that that was when the rope came out of the ground for me. And I just started to go. And I still mess up. And I still fail. But that's not real me coming out. That's me struggling with my new identity, but relying on the promise of God. My brothers and sisters, this year, you're going to have to believe that who he says you are, that's who you are. And you can pursue it without hedging. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid of them, Jeremiah. Do not be afraid of them. If you are dismayed in front of them, I will dismay you in front of them. Don't be afraid of them. Just run. If you fail, I'll catch you. It's okay. This is who I say you are. I know you. And that overrides you saying, I know me. I formed you in your mother's womb. And to close, God gives Jeremiah this amazing picture in verse 17. And I want to give this to you, brothers and sisters, as you start this battle this year to believe you are who he calls you to be. In verse 17, he calls Jeremiah. He says, get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land. 
against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of that land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. He gives Jeremiah this amazing picture of being this fortified city, this iron pillar. And Jeremiah, to be, I mean, to be real, he's not that yet. But he says, I make you today. What he's saying is, my promise is more important than the reality of who you are. My promise that I'm going to bring it about is more important than where you are today. And so as you go on this journey, you need to come back to that promise again and again and again. You need to come back to this promise that he is making me holy. That is what he is doing. And Jeremiah, he says, I know you're not there yet, but it's as good as done. Because I promise you, and my promises are yes and amen. And my brothers and sisters, I want to say that for us, we even have a stronger promise to hold on to. Don't you know that we have a a, a vision and a promise that's even stronger than what Jeremiah had because Jeremiah didn't exactly know how this was going to work out. Imagine being Jeremiah. Okay, so I have all these sins, I have all these weaknesses, I have all these shortcomings, and you're just saying it's going to happen. I just trust me. Okay, I'll trust you. But for us, you know what's amazing for us? We actually know how. We know the actual processes that God went through to make his promises yes and amen. Because one day, on a hill in Calvary, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ. And on that hill, he took all of your shortcomings, all of your sins, all of your hypocrisy, all of the things that you hide in shame. He took all of those things and he put it on his son, Jesus Christ. And the son, Jesus Christ, actually paid for all the things that make you a hypocrite, all the things that make you a sinner, all the things that make you your old self, and you know the processes of how he brought you to be this new person in Jesus Christ. That is called the gospel, the good news of what he did for you. And that's why for us, brothers and sisters, we should have far more confidence than Jeremiah the prophet because we have Jesus on Calvary. And we know how he made us his child. We know how he earned us our holiness. We know why we shouldn't be afraid of our sin. Why we could say with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, if you read this with me, this is what he says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sin? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Mosaic, therefore, listen, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always bounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You are victorious. So even when you fail this year, be immovable. Return to his promise. There's a great story about Martin Luther, the great reformer, Um, as he's in the the castle in Wittenberg. If you remember Martin Luther, he's the one that changed the world. You know, he did change the world in at least Europe um, in bringing the Reformation to Europe. And as he was doing this, you know, at that time, he was like the most famous person on earth. You know, he was changing the entire Catholic Church. And he had a lot of spiritual attacks as he was in that castle in Wittenberg. 
He had visual attacks, as he writes, of Satan coming to him and saying, you little arrogant person, you think you're going to change the whole church? You think you're going to uh, change the minds of all these priests and you think you're the reformer? And he had all of these doubts coming into his head. You know, if you read his table talks, Martin Luther, he tells about all those things. And there's this moment that Luther talks about when he is encountering the devil in the castle in Wittenberg and he takes his ink what is it called? The ink container. And then he actually throws the ink container at the devil. And if you go there, apparently, if you go on tour there, they say that there's this little ink like stain on the wall. They say that that's the same one. It could be, it could be not. I, I mean, I feel like they just keep painting it to get tourists to come. But um, apparently, that's where he threw the ink. But the, that's not the point. The point is, it's Luther, when he threw the ink at Satan, What he said to him was this, and it's very profound. Satan was telling him, you can't do this. You're a liar. You're a fake. You're a hypocrite. You're a cheat. And he throws it at him. And Luther says, leave me alone, Satan. I am baptized. And what he means by that is this. Not that I went through the ceremony of baptism and so I'm legit. He's saying, I have had the victory and the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ pour over me. And I am made new. You can't win. Stop wasting your time with me. I'm a victor. I mean, what are you going to do? The grace of Jesus Christ, the gospel has been poured over me. I am a victor. Why don't you go spend your time tempting somebody who's not a Christian? Because for me, I mean, it's done. You're wasting your time. I am baptized. Do you see how firm the promise is in the gospel? Do you see how firm it is and how we need to return to that again and again? Every time the elephant thinks it's not going to work. You have to keep coming back to this promise. It is certain. It is done. I am baptized. I am in Christ. I am a victor. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Return to his promise Again and again, this is who you are, brothers and sisters. This is your battle of faith this year. Who are you? Is it who you believe you are, or is it who God pronounces, declares over you in Jesus Christ? He calls you to him. And I just want to give you one application as we close. You know, to Jeremiah, he says to Jeremiah, get yourself ready, stand up. After this big call to him, he says, you have to now get up and get dressed and get ready. You know, for many of us at the beginning of the year, the big New Year's resolution is that we're going to work out. And uh, a lot of us only have time to work out in the morning. And um, the hardest thing is working out early in the morning in the winter. Because it's really cold, it's really dark, and it's hard to get out of bed. And the bed is so warm and it's so freezing out there. But you know where it's kind of like the point of no return is when you get up and you put on your workout clothes. From there, uh, very few people quit after that. That's almost like the big thing, like just get yourself to put on the shorts, just put on the sneakers kind of thing, and you're halfway there. God is calling him to action. It's not enough that you sit here and you listen to this sermon and you feel convicted. It's not enough. He says, get up, get yourself ready, arise. Tomorrow, brothers and sisters, you have to put this into action. 
to pursue holiness, to receive the call, you have to put this into action tomorrow. You have to get into the Word. Ah, but I I know it's not going to work. I know I'm going to quit after a certain time. Return to the promise. This is who you are. Start praying for your unbelieving friends. Start speaking about Christ. Ah, I know I'm going to get scared and I know I'm going to quit. Return to the promise. Return to His promise of who you are. It's inevitable. Get up, arise tomorrow, and get started on holiness. This is your call, consecrated. And together tomorrow, starting tomorrow night, we're all going to come together as a church. I'm calling the entire church to come together at 8 o'clock every night this week, whether it's on Zoom or in person. If you can come in person, that's great. But if you can't, join us on Zoom. And we're going to, for one week, consecrate ourselves during Consecration Week, for one hour a day, one week this year, to consecrate our lives before God. And if you need help getting started, join us. Because we all need help getting started, right? Join us starting tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. We're going to consecrate ourselves before the Lord Jesus Christ and to take up this claim that we are no longer slaves of our fears, no longer slaves of our fears and anxieties and fear of being a hypocrite, a fake, we're going to proclaim our freedom and we're going to say, I am a child of God and live into that together. That's your call this year. Let's all pray.